Well, good morning, Thrive Church. How's everybody doing this morning? Alive and kicking. Yes, yes, I want, my name is Sheldon Miles. I'm the lead pastor of this awesome church. And I want to give a shout out to all those people in the 715 who are checking us out online. We're glad that you are connecting with us this morning. Man, we got a good, good crowd that's here, here this morning. So we're glad we got some folks up in the balcony. Glad that you have decided to connect with us. And uh, I want to encourage you that, uh, to follow along in your sermon notes. You, you just get so much more out of the message when you, when you write those thoughts down. And you're like, what did he say? Oh, my goodness. I, I, you know, I, I'm going to need that for later. So be sure to do that. And, and I just want you to know what kind of church we are. We are, man, we're all kinds of things. But we, one of our values is we are servant-hearted. We, we believe Jesus said one of the highest values that you can have is to be a servant to other people. And so if there's any way that we can serve you, you find one of these folks who's wearing these name tags. If there's anything that we can do for you to help your experience here, just let us know. We want to serve you. And it's all about leading people to become life-giving followers of Jesus. I'm just kind of curious, do we have any life-giving followers of Jesus that are here this morning? I thought so. I kind of felt it. I kind of felt that because when you're around a life-giving follower of Jesus, you can't help but feel it. And I, I want to give a shout out to some servant-hearted people who have been serving in this church. I don't know if you've noticed, but we have a new platform here this morning. We've, we've been talking about it for a while, and it, it is not finished. But we have a gentleman in our church by the name of Eric Olson who has just been servant-hearted and has really just been the spearhead of making this all happen. And, and he had people like uh, Brent Salzman help, uh, Jerry Sonic, and Nathan Schultz, and Michael Chang. And can we just give a shout-out to those guys? They plowed all week. They were plowing all week to make sure this happened. And yesterday we had a marriage event uh, called the XO event. And we had a lot of people who helped out with that event. I want to give a shout out to my wife, Michelle, and her creative team, and Naomi Held, and uh, Vicky Sonic, and uh, Sandy, and Michael for helping out with that. Can we give a shout out to that? That was a great event yesterday. We are a servant-hearted church. I'm, I'm ready to get into this message today. We're on a sermon series called Closer, and we're just talking about relationships. And last week, we talked about friendship. And, uh, and before I get into this, I want to I wanna enhance, I want to be a relationship enhancer. So can, can I, ladies, can I just have you do me a favor? Could you plug your ears for a second? I, I need to talk to the guys for just a second, all right? All right, all the ladies got the, thank you, thank you, ladies, all right. Hey, guys, we, we got to look out for each other, right? Yes. We're brothers. We're brothers. And we, we really, brothers look out for each other. We got each other's back. And so I'm just going to say this. Tomorrow is February 14th. It's Valentine's Day. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, ladies, you can unplug. You can unplug. Just it's all about relationships, right, men? It's all about stronger relationships. And what happens tomorrow matters. <laughs> you know, the Bible says that we are created in God's image. I talked about this last week, and I'm not sure if, if we're going to, when we get to heaven, we're, gonna, we're like, wow, we look just like God, and God looks just like me. I don't know if that's what it is, but I do know this. We serve a relational God. Our God is all about relationships. You look at his commands in the Bible. 
So it's not so that God can control us. He wants to give us guidelines for relationships. And I want you to know that if you get anything out of this message this morning, God wants to have a relationship with you. And God has given you all that you need to have a relationship with God. And, and, and we know this, relationships, they can, be the, they can be a deterrent for loneliness. Relationships are powerful. Uh, they can be, uh, the, they feel the need of companionship and they contribute to a lot of our happiness in life, right? I hope that's what you get out of your relationships, but we've also have discovered this in life that our relationships can also be, be the root cause of some of our sorrow, our heartache, and our pain. Some of you may be living in that place right now. But I believe this. I believe we had the relationships that we have, it's really, there's an inner desire that we want to grow closer in those relationships. In fact, the deepest level of relationship that you can have is this word called intimacy. I'm not talking about sexual relationship. A lot of people put those two together, but that's not really what that intimacy is. Intimacy is kind of like, you know, in the movies, you hear that phrase, soulmates. I found my soulmate. And it's just really, it's just that one person that you allow on the inside. Only really very, very few people have access to the real me. And I think, I think that's really what we're looking for in our relationship, somebody that we can be close to. So in this sermon series, I have been talking about these, the most important relationships that you will deal with in life. Last week I talked about our friendships and how important our friendships are. Today I'm gonna to be talking about dating Next week, I'm going to be talking about marriage relationships. So let's, get, let's dig in today. We're going to talk about dating relationships. And let's face it, the real reason, that I, I, I just believe this. I, I, I don't, you know, whatever you say, I really think the whole intention behind dating that, is that we are looking for a potential teammate for life, right? We're looking for a teammate. How many of you, 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 you remember grade school? And, and going out for recess or maybe in gym class and somebody picked you, gym teacher picked you. And so you've got two people on each side of the, the court here and, and they, they, you are the team captain and you are the one who gets to pick. You're looking at the rest of the class and you get to pick who is on your team. And you wanna win, right? You wanna win, so you are picking. You're looking, you're like, oh my goodness, man, can he throw a dodgeball? Oh, and so so can catch a dodgeball. You want the best on your team. You want to have the best teammates, right? That's what we want. Because here's the deal. Your teammates that you select, they have a great impact on the results of what happens in life, right? We've discovered that in life. The people that we allow to get close, the people that we are connected with who become our teammates have a direct effect on our lives. Now, this morning, I'm... It's Super Bowl Sunday, so I, I, I drug out my Aaron Rodgers jersey. I'm, I'm kind of in a state of denial this morning. I think like a lot of you, you're in, it, the bad news is, the reality is that the Packers are not in a Super Bowl this morning. I talked to somebody already about this, and she almost said, yeah, I started to cry. I started to cry. 
like, okay, that's bad. <laughs> that's, that's bad. But I, I, I like Aaron Rodgers. I would like to, if I was on a football team, I'd like to have Aaron Rodgers on my team. I, by the way, the, 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 the bad news is the Packers are not in the Super Bowl. The good news is neither are the Bears, the Vikings, or the Lions. Are the saints, right, Pam? Are <laughs> the saints. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So that turnaround, I feel a little bit better with that. But I'd love to have. How many of you had a football team, you would want Aaron Rodgers on your football team? I, I remember we had just moved to uh, Green Bay from Ohio, and, uh, and, and, and we, they had drafted uh, Aaron Rodgers the year before, 2005. It's been a long time. And he didn't start till like three years later. How many of you remember when Brett Favre left? You're like, oh my goodness, what kind of team are we going to have? Nobody really believed it. Who's this Aaron Rodgers guy? He's just a backup quarterback. And two years later, he's leading us to the Super Bowl, and everyone said, amen. The sad part about that was 2010. That was a while ago. But in the meantime, he has won four MVPs. I mean, he is just... He's just been a great leader. And here's the deal, because who you pick as your teammate, it matters. Who you have on your team, it matters. And, and so some of us are going to be watching the Super Bowl tonight. We know that there's kind of a, some cool stories of the quarterbacks that are for, if I can talk football here for a second, but two quarterbacks, Joey Burrow, I like calling him Joey, an Ohio boy, give it up for Ohio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. That was really pathetic. All right. <laughs> Quarterback started, started his college and career as an Ohio State Buckeye, and then I don't know what happened to him. I don't know. He went to some school in Louisiana. What school? I don't want to talk about it, Pam. You stay out of it. 25 years of age in 2019, wins the national championship, wins the Heisman Trophy. Two years later... He is now leading his team to the Super Bowl, okay? Because who you pick to be on your, and, and the Bengals, they haven't been in the Super Bowl in over 30 years. Who you pick as your teammate, it matters. Let's talk about Matthew Stafford here. I'm almost done. Matthew Stafford, quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams, 35 years of age, started his career in 2009. He's had a great career, great, great quarterback. Only problem is lousy teams, lousy teammates. Just last year, the Rams say, we're going to all out. We're going to get a great quarterback. They, they brought Matthew Stafford from Detroit to the LA Rams. LA Rams are now in the Super Bowl. Why? Because who you have as a teammate, it matters. It matters. Even from the beginning, we see God created us to have a great teammate. Let me read this, Genesis 2, 18. It says, this is Genesis 2. Let's just, I, let's just be aware where Genesis 2 is. There's Genesis chapter 1. If, you, if, you, if you've never opened up your Bible, that's like at the very beginning. Genesis chapter 1. So we're talking at the very beginning. God's talking about who you have as a teammate is important. So we're in Genesis chapter two. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone and I will make a helper. I will make a teammate for him. And all the men said, I will make a helper, a teammate who is just right for him. And all the men said, amen. amen. All right. So in most of the world, most of the world, I, I've been to India, 
I, I know it's different there, but, but, um, but in most of the world, the custom is you get to choose your teammate, the, the person you will have with you for the rest of your life. Again, I just really believe that that's what dating is. That's really a core reason of why we date. We're, we're kind of looking for a potential teammate here. And uh, so I have a picture here. I think this picture is probably 10, 12 years old here. I don't know if that picture is up there yet. We had that picture. Give me a thumbs up. We do not have that picture. Okay. Uh, Maybe if Michael can download that picture for me, help me out here. But there's there's this couple, and it's it's, it's Pastor Sheldon and his wife, Michelle, probably 10, 20, maybe 30 years ago. (laughs) But I, I've discovered that there, there's, there's four stages of dating that, that we went through. And maybe, maybe, you're in, maybe you find yourself, if you're dating today, married couples, you're, you're still dating, but we're, we're talking to the, the, the singles out there who might be in a dating relationship. It's that first time that, that you meet and you're attracted to that person. You're like, wow, she's pretty hot. Yeah, I had thoughts like that when I first met Michelle. Met it at, at North Central University in Minneapolis, and we, we had mutual friends, and, 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 and when we, we would go out with a group of friends, and I just found myself attracted to her. And so, and then the second phase is there's curiosity, and then all of a sudden there's an infatuation. Well, in our freshman year, I, I had enough guts to, to ask her if she would like to go to a baseball game with me. And she said No. So, come our sophomore year, I approached her one more time. And I wasn't, I, I, my heart was broken pretty bad the year before, so I approached her and said, hypothetical situation. <laughs> Suppose a guy like myself, just, just what would, a guy like myself might ask a girl like you to go out on a date. Just hypothetically, what do you think you might say? Yeah, there we go. Like I said, 10, 12 years ago, you, you could tell by the hairstyle that I'm, I'm sporting there. What, what, what is that, business in the front, busy in the back, party in the back? 10, 12 years ago, right? So again, this is what I look like. Isn't it hard? Isn't it hard, ladies? Is it hard for her you to understand why she would say no to that? So anyhow, she says yes to me. Our first date, February fourth, nineteen eighty-nine. It is cold as all get out. We go to the the St. Paul Ice Carnival, and then we go for an Italian meal, Ciatis. I don't know if they're still open. I was looking it up. Like where where? Ciati's Italian restaurant. So I'm doing pretty good with this date. So far, it's all right. And then I'm like, I'm going to take her to a movie that's just going to change her heart. I do not know why I chose this movie, the movie Mississippi Burning. Yeah, so I, it just deflated the whole, whole thing after that. So it took a while to recover from that movie. Uh, 
And then our first kiss, a few weeks later, in the middle of Miller Hall, we could take you to that spot today. And then all of a sudden we become a couple. We start dating each other. And we dated all that spring. And I would like to tell you that it was from that that my grades just went sky high. But the reality is my grades just went the lowest that they ever been because I was infatuated with this beauty queen over here. And then we were separated in that summer of 1989, and I just realized I could not live without this lady in my life. Well, I I just knew that she was the one. She was the one I wanted as my teammate. And so on October 19th, 1989, we went to her hometown in Bemidji, Minnesota. If you've ever been to Bemidji, Minnesota, you know that there's this large statue of Paul Bunyan and his blue ox babe, and somehow, for some reason, you think Mississippi burning was bad? I thought that it would be romantic if Paul and babe would be our witnesses as I proposed to her. (laughs) And she still said yes. (laughs) And we got married June 23rd, 1990. And June, this June, it will be 32 years the best teammate I could have ever chosen in my life, 32 years. Yeah. You know, there was, I looked on an online search, and I, the question was, qualities most desired in a future spouse? And I just kind of looked at a, a bunch of different websites, and they, they list all these qualities, and I found a couple that they just all had in common, all right? So here's just kind of a plethora of some of them. People are looking for, in a spouse, they're looking for somebody with emotional maturity. In other words, that, it, that means if you're 25 years of age, you do not act like you're 17 years of age. If you are 35 years of age, you don't act like you're 21 years of age. If you are 45 years old, you do not act like you're 17 years of age. How many of you know people like that? So so in other words, their age matches up with their maturity level. That's important to some people. I'm helping some people out, I hope, this morning. Second of all, there is uh, their honesty and integrity. In other words, you don't question them. They've just proven themselves to be honest. Honesty is important. And if you don't believe me, just lie to that person. Just lie to that girl one time, and you'll find out how important honesty is. Respect. They treat you with respect. In other words, they, you feel valued by that person. Forgiveness. You have found somebody in your life that they don't hold grudges, and they easily forgive. Uh, Michelle's been practicing that for years. Loyalty. They got your back. Even when there's times that are difficult, they're there, even through difficult and challenging times. They have a sense of humor. Give it up for a sense of humor. In other words, this person doesn't take themselves so seriously that you cannot have fun. You must have fun in a relationship. And last of all, they have shared values. In other words, you love Jesus, and that other person loves Jesus. And there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. And they value your boundaries because they have the same ones. I'm going to talk about boundaries here in just a few moments. Paul tells us this in 1 Corinthians 10.31. He says, so whether you eat or whether you drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. 
So, and, and so, so my challenge is to you this morning, for those who are, are single or you're in dating relationships, say, I, I would just challenge you to do this. Do your dating relationship for the glory of God. The Merriam-Webster dictionary says this. It is the, uh, giving glory to God is, is to, give, to do something as the act of worship, praise, and honor, and thanksgiving to God. In other words, when people look at what you're doing, whatever you do, People see God in it. You are inviting God into your relationship. So if you want to glorify God in whatever you're doing, invite God into it. Invite God to be the director of it. And I promise you, you will then glorify God. And so the way that we glorify God is we date with the end in mind. We think about what, what, what is, what is going to happen. So this morning, I'm going to give to you, whether you want looking for it or not, I'm going to give you some free dating advice. Whatever this means to you, just take it and mull it over. But I would challenge you, if you're, if you're a dating couple, you're online today, and you're dating or thinking about dating, I would challenge you to ask yourself these four questions. Here we go. First question. What is the why in our dating? What is the purpose? Why, why are we doing this? I was, I was looking this up, and, and, and I found that there's basically, there's two viewpoints on this topic of dating, okay? People, there's some people who, they look at dating, and I understand, this is typically for like for teenagers in your teenage years. It's kind of a, a time for recreational dating. You're, you're still kind of figuring things out. You're not ready to get married, but you're just kind of, I don't know, I've never had a girlfriend before and girls are different and you're just, it's kind of that discovery phase. But the focus is really on the present. It, it, there's really, there's not much thought about the future, what, what, what is ahead. You're just kind of getting to know this person. But then you enter into adulthood. And all of a sudden you, you understand you're entering into those, those years where marriage is a possibility but people who are still keep a recreational viewpoint of dating, all of a sudden they're just, they're just kind of casual about the future. So, so you ask them, hey, you two guys, you've been dating for a while. And you hear a person, you hear one of them respond, he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, one day we might get married, I think, maybe, I don't know. They're just kind of casual about it. And so, and so what happens, you're dating this person for so long that then you become casual about other things. Maybe you become casual about your physical relationship with that person. And it's just, I don't know, you just live in your dating life, you know, whatever feels good. Isn't that kind of what life is all about? Whatever feels good. However, you, you, a lot of people, they soon discover that the problem is with this that we, there's a part of us that I believe, I really believe God has put within all of us a craving for companionship, a craving, a desire that I believe God has put in us to have a teammate for life. And then over time, you, you realize how, you're like, wow, we've been dating and we've been dating and dating. We, we kind of talk about marriage. We kind of hint about marriage, but you've, you get to this point where you just feel like this relationship really isn't going anywhere. I'm, this is not what I was looking for. My heart craves for companionship. 
And then what this leads to, a lot of times you talk to people, they come and talk to in my office and just the heart is broken. There's kind of an insecurity that has risen up within them there because there's a fear of commitment. Self-esteem shrinks. And a lot of times people say, man, I've, just, I've become so involved in this dating relationship, I'm completely disengaged from God. They've lost time, they've lost vision, they've lost hope. And all over time, they realize that this recreation dating is really not the answer. So the second kind of dating that I would say that is out there, again, asking the question, what is the why? What is our purpose? Is this recreation dating? Or the second one is intentional dating. And this is the couple, again, adults here. And you're at that age where like, you know, I'd, I'd like to have a teammate for life here. This person is saying, I'm, I'm gonna have a purposeful view Again, when God created marriage, he created for us to live in a covenant relationship. I'm going to talk about that here in just a minute. God has given you a desire for covenant relationship. Matthew 19, 4 through 6, Jesus is talking about the act of marriage. And what he's doing is he's talking to people about the topic of divorce. And again, he goes back to the beginning you, you find the answers about marriage in the beginning. In Genesis, Jesus is quoting a Genesis scripture. He, said, um, he says, haven't you read the scriptures? They record that from the beginning, from the beginning, God made you male and he made you female. And he said, this explains why a man will leave his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And I love this. And the two... These two separate entities, they are joined together. Two separate entities, they come together in one. Is it really, isn't this the image of what we're looking for? Isn't this the image that the two become one? A lot of times, though, in the relationship, in marriage, I'm going to talk about this next week, it's it can be like this. It can be a battle sometimes. And since they are no longer two but one, let one split apart from what God, let no one split apart what God has joined together. So again, two separate people joined together as teammates and they make a covenant, um, they make a covenant between themselves and before God that they will become one. What is the difference? What, you hear this, this word. Well, I made a commitment. What's the difference between commitment and covenant? Here, here's what a commitment is. A commitment is like a contract. And I don't know if you, some of you are in, in business or anything like that, but you get into a business deal and you go and you're like, all right, I'm going to sign this contract. And here's the deal. A contract is I, 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 we, we make a commitment that you're going to follow through. But if you don't follow through on your part, then we're done and I get my money back. And this is risk relationships over. I'm going to take my business elsewhere. That's, that's a commitment. Okay, and that's important to make these commitments. But God says, listen, marriage is not a commitment. Marriage is meant to be a covenant. You see, that's what God gave to us through his son, Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm going to give to you a, a, I'm going to give to you a covenant. Remember, the, the scripture says that e, Jesus, even while we were still sinners, Christ still died for us. He made a covenant that I will still love you no matter what. So a covenant is this. A covenant is a one-way promise between two parties and is predicated on principles bound by sacrifice. It is an unwritten conviction that I will do what I said I will do 
till death do us part. I will work on me. So in other words, a commitment, that's what you, I, I, I remember hearing about this phrase and I just, I laughed. I'm like, is that really a thing? When I was a kid, I heard about this thing called a prenuptial agreement. And I'm not, if you have that in your marriage, I'm not making fun of it. I just, I didn't understand it. It's like you're preparing for your wedding and preparing for your divorce at the same time, even before your marriage. That's commitment relationship. That means we get into this marriage and it's not working out and the love is gone. Like, you know what? We can get out of it and you get this and I get this part of it and we'll be all gone. We'll all be good, right? That, that's commitment. God says it's, it's covenant. Covenant is I give you all of me, period. Covenant. And I believe covenant is what God has designed for each and every one of us. This is commitment. This is covenant. The thing that we let our hearts long for is covenant relationship. I, I just want you to know dating, wherever you're at, dating is not a destination. I heard this illustration. How many of you ever been to the Minneapolis airport before and you've ridden a tram that goes back and forth? You see, dating is not, dating is not a destination. So you get on that tram and it takes you from one destination to the next. No, no one lives on a tram. No one lives on a tram. You, 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 you get off of the tram and you go into that destination. You're not supposed to stay on that tram. Second question. Second question. Is the person I'm, I'm with, are they, or am I, the person I'm with right to marry? Is the person I'm with right to marry? So the, the writer of Proverbs says this. Walk with the wise and become wise for a compassionate fool suffers harm. In other words, we know this. We know this to be true. You soon become like the person you hang around. The more you hang around a person, you, you become like them. So in other words, the Proverbs says, if you want to be wise, you hang with the wise. If you want to become a fool, well, you, you hang with the fools, right? And, and we know the difference. A, a wise person is somebody who does what they know is true. A foolish one is somebody who ignores what they know is true. And we know that when we hang with the wise, we grow wise, but we have a lot, some of you have a lot of pain in your life today because you chose to live with the fools. So, so again, how, how the person you choose as your teammate, it really does matter. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7, he says this, that, that we can tell a person, we can tell what kind of person they really are by looking at their lives. He says, you see, a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into a fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, you can identify people by their action. I just said a whole lot there. Bottom line is, there's fruit from each and every one of you. If you're alive today, there is fruit that is coming from your life. You see, what's on the inside always works its way out. What's on the inside always works its way out. 
And Jesus says there are people out there, they're like their lives as they're producing bad fruit. And it's just really a reflection of what's going on inside of them. And there, but there's other people, there's good fruit that is coming from their lives. They, you, know, you know how you can tell what's in somebody's life? Jesus answers that question for us. He says, out of the mouth, the heart speaks. And so if you're here today and you're dating, you just really, like, I never really thought about what, 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 this, what fruit is coming out of, of this person's life. I would tell you to do this. Here's what you do. Just listen. What do they talk about all the time? What do you hear them say all of the time? What is the consistent message? Because the consistent message is really the out of their mouth is really a reflection of their heart. You see, I was attracted to Michelle because of her life, because of the fruit that came out of her life. I loved Michelle. I was attracted to her because she loved Jesus. And she didn't just tell me she loved Jesus. You know what I saw in her life? I saw the Bible talks about this thing called the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I like that. I liked, I liked that she was secure in who she was. I liked it that I felt like I was a better person and I wanted to be a better person when I was around her. I loved it that I wanted to love Jesus more when I was around. I loved her. I really loved her because she was a life giver, a life giver. You see, people who have bad fruit, here's another way you can tell. People who produce bad fruit, they just it feel like they're life takers. When I'm around them, I feel like something's being taken from me. But people who produce good fruit are life givers. I feel like when I'm around them, something's always given to me. Let me continue on here. Just a reminder, who that person is, it really does matter. Let me, third question, I'm gonna move forward here, guys. Does the person I'm with truly love Jesus? And if, if, if you are not a Christ follower here today, that's not really an important thing to you. I, I get that. But if you're here today, it's like, listen, listen, pastor, I'm here today. I'm watching online because I really want to make Jesus number one in my life. Well, then I would tell you this. Ask yourself this question then. If Jesus is so important to you, does the person I'm with truly love Jesus? Because if you're not in alignment with your teammate, there will always be tension. How many of you have ever had a car that was out of alignment before? At least that's what the mechanic told you. And they could just tell by looking at your tires. And they, they explain to you alignment. You, you got your front wheel, you got your left wheel that's going that way, and you got your right wheel that's going this way. And that's why you're, you, when you're driving down the highway, it's always shaking and shimmering. And you look at the tires, the wear of the tires. I mean, it's just, it's tension. You, they're going in two opposite directions. And, and the Apostle Paul talks about the same thing. He says this, he says, he said, listen, if you want to be a Christ follower with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, he said, then don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner 
with the unbeliever. And, and some of you are like, man, that sounds so harsh. But Paul is just saying, listen, listen, listen to me. If you team up with somebody who does not have the same values as you do, faith values, there's always going to be tension. And I know some of you are like, oh, pastor, wait a second. I, I love Jesus with all my heart. And they know I love Jesus. And so when we get married, I'm just going to lead them to Jesus, and it's going to be great. You know what that's called? It's called missionary dating. Missionary dating does not work. And you want to know why missionary dating doesn't work? Somebody told me this years ago, pastor, you are not the Holy Spirit. You can't change anybody. The Holy Spirit's the only one who changes anybody. And I'm just going to tell you, if you don't want to have tension with teammates, because you have different values, you have a different focus, you have a different future, you're going in two opposite directions. And so I would tell you, make sure, if you love Jesus, is Jesus the number one relationship in your life, find somebody who loves Jesus more than you. Find that person. Number, number four, quick question. How is our dating honoring God? How's our dating honoring God? I'm going to kind of get more specific here. Hebrews 3, 13, 4, the writer says, marriage should be honored by all. Marriage, becoming teammates, becoming one, is an honorable thing. And the way that we glorify God is to honor marriage. And the marriage, and he says this, he, he brings this up, and he's like, and, and by the way, and the marriage bed should be kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexual, sexually immoral. He, they don't know who the writer of Hebrews is, but he just went there. I mean, he goes right there. If you want to honor God, you want to honor your relationships, you will keep yourself pure. And, and it's, some of you are like, oh, he's just going so old school. I know, I know. Doesn't it sound so old school? I didn't write that. But I found it to be true. And, and, and so what, what I encourage people to do, this is the best thing you can do. You want to honor marriage. You, you want to have a great marriage. I would tell you this. In your dating years, save marriage for marriage. I, I've talked with so many couples who have hurt, pain, and regrets because they did not save marriage for marriage. What, what do I mean by that? A lot of people who don't save marriage for marriage, they just, they, they start dating somebody and they jump right into marriage. You'll find that a lot of times they do, they, they'll do it, they're doing it backwards. You're like, wait, 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 slow down, you guys are doing this backwards. What does that mean? Well, when you're, when you're moving forward, kind of the forward progression is you, you meet somebody, you start to go together, you get engaged, you get married, you have a child, you get a home, you get a dog. Don't get a cat. If you have a cat, can, let me just give you one. No, no. It's going to mess up your marriage. Stay away from the cats. But people who, who, who go backwards, backwards, backwards is this, is they get a dog. No, they get a cat. <laughs> they get a home. They have a child. 
they get engaged, and one day we'll get married. If you're here today and you're just like, listen, I want to do this God's way, then save marriage for marriage. One of the best ways to do that is to honor this gift called sex. It is a gift. It's a gift that God, it's the wedding gift that God wants to give to each and every one of you on your wedding day. First Thessalonians says this, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. Whenever you hear that phrase, sexual immorality, anytime you read that in the, in the, in the, in the New Testament, it is sex before marriage. God's talking about marriage. Sex outside of marriage. That each of you should learn to control your own body. You can do it. I know. You can do it. In a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. Listen to me. God's plan for sex is for the covenant of marriage. Sex, listen to me. Sex is more than an act of the body for pleasure. It is the spiritual union of souls. And in marriage, it's awesome. You, you want to have the best sex ever? They did a study on this. Who, they, they did a study on this, and, and, and this has been repeated over and over and over again. Who is out there, who out there is having the best sex ever? Look it up. Who's having the best sex ever? ever? Married couples. Over and over again, statistics say those who are having the best sex ever, married couples. Couples who have said, I'm saving this for marriage. Why? Because it's sacred. And when it is not honored as sacred, there's always pain and there's always heartache. And therefore, to be sacred, God gives us these things called boundaries. Boundaries. I'm gonna tell you. Maybe you've heard this before, what we used to joke with our kids. Kind of joking, but we wanted to like propaganda for them before for their for their dating years. Remember this, Michelle? Remember what we used to do? We used to stand in front of our little kids and say, No, don't go there. This is my no no square. No, don't go there. This is my no no square. All right? How many of you, your parents taught you that same rhyme? Is that the first time you've ever heard that, really? No, 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 you don't go there. No, 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 young man, you don't go there. Not only will my dad beat you with a baseball bat, this is my no-no square. And we're trying to teach our, we're teaching our children that this is sacred. This is sacred, these are boundaries, you don't go there. You know what this is? This is the gift I give to my spouse. This is my spouse's, it's not yours. Not unless we're in covenant marriage. This is the gift I wanna give to my spouse. And I would encourage you, again, those who are dating, those who are single, I don't know where you're at, but I'm telling you, guard this. Guard it. The Proverbs tells us, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. You know what that talks about? That talks about having boundaries, not by rules. If you have, listen to me, you guys know this as well as I do. If you set up all these rules, you're gonna break every single one of them, right? When we set up rules, we break the rules. 
But when we have boundaries, we know boundaries are good for us. And boundaries always have the best intentions in mind. I heard this, somebody said this, and I'm gonna close here. Boundaries, the only people who get upset about your boundaries, about you setting boundaries, are the ones who are benefiting from you, from you not having any. Let me say it one more time. The only people who get upset about you setting boundaries are the ones benefiting from you having none. Think about that. Okay, where do we go from here? I'm almost done. Single people, dating couples, I I just encourage you this morning. I wanna challenge you. Glorify God in your relationship, in your dating relationship. And if, if I was to just throw out one scripture passage, one more, I would tell you this. Some of you are here today and you, you're looking for this and you're looking at all the wrong places. You're seeking, you're pursuing this and maybe it's in your pursuit. I would tell you this. Jesus said to seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek relationship with God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Make God your most important relationship. Pursue him in relationship And watch him show up in ways that you never dreamed or imagined. God knows what you want. God knows what you need. But the number one thing you need is relationship with God. This morning as we close, I don't know where you are in your relationship with God. But I'm telling you, you need him. You were created to live like this with God. Do you have that? Do you have that this morning? Do you know that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? He broke the the chain of sin and death. He wants to live in relationship with you, but he, he, again, relationship is a choice. You must choose it. This morning, have you invited Jesus into your life to be your Lord and Savior? If not, you can do that this morning. Just, I encourage you, if you wanna make that commitment, just pray after me. Just say, God, I need you. More than anything else in this world, I need Jesus. And I'm opening up my heart to you to come and live inside of me, to change me, to forgive me, to make me a new person. God, today, I'm choosing to make you first. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. The Bible says that if you have made that prayer, you've made that commitment that all of heaven rejoices. Can we rejoice with heaven this morning?